What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to episode 54 of the podcast be named later. I am Chris Willis and I am joined tonight by my good friend, Stephen Talbert. Stephen, I appreciate you guys uh, filling in for me last week. I appreciate you letting me come back after having the great Brad Rowland on the, on the show. Uh, I was in Rome last week to see Kyle Wright. And uh, so I couldn't, I couldn't make recording, but uh, I hope you're doing well this evening. What's up, Chris? Yeah, buddy. It's always good to do these with you. It's been a fun stretch of games and yeah, there's been a lot going on on the site, and you know, obviously, you've been all around the place uh, catching up with Kyle Wright, and and Brad was kind enough to step on and uh, and help us out. So we do appreciate Brad for that. And but yeah, man, it's always good to do these with you, and we got we got a lot to talk about tonight. Well, Braves are on this uh, the last West Coast trip of the season, and this one's always rough for me uh, because I don't know. It's it's like when you get these really late games. You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to stay quite as plugged in a little bit. You know, even if you stay up and watch them all, it's just it doesn't feel the same as a normal week around the site and stuff. It's like it's like this is almost a break for a, a lot of people. You know, and then they'll check back up when the homestand starts. But it's going it's going well. I mean, we are recording this uh, about forty minutes before first pitch Wednesday night. The Braves are going for a sweep in Colorado. Uh, Darius Fines will be making his major league debut. But the Braves are four and one on this current trip. They're eighty six and forty five, season best forty one games over five hundred. Um, Phillies lost Wednesday uh, as at, entering tonight's game. Braves have a thirteen game lead. I mean, it's hard to punch holes in this. You know, they've played really well. We're going to talk about this Dodgers series that's coming up. But I mean, man, they're just they're just kind of running away with this. I mean, they've got eighty six wins, and you know, we've still got one more one more day left in August, two more games left in August. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, just, just where they land at, you know, when we get to the end of the end of the regular season. Yeah. It's been kind of a boring, it's been kind of a boring dominance, right? Like they're just kind of methodically dismantling uh, the rest of the national league. And, you know, they've won, I don't know how many series in a row now, I think four or five series in a row. Um, they haven't swept any of them, but they've won two out of three. I think four or five in a row at this point. And the funny thing is, I was thinking about this today because there's two games left in August. You know, the Braves are at 86 wins. The year they won the World Series, they finished the regular season at 88 wins. So they could have as many wins as the year they won the World Series by the time we get, by before we get to September. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of the the pace they're on. And obviously they don't have to win tonight and then have to win game one against LA for, to make it happen. But yeah, it's just absurd. I mean, you know, they've been the best team in baseball for 
I don't know, three months now, and it doesn't really seem like it's going to slow down. You know, the Dodgers have been just on fire. I mean, they've been charging like crazy, and they can't really make any headway against the Braves because the Braves just keep winning series. They just keep winning kind of two out of three, and they've they've already won this series against Colorado. They won the series um, in San Francisco. So, yeah, they're just plugging along, and, you know, this showdown in L.A. is going to get a lot of hype, but, you know, honestly, it's it's the two best teams in baseball, and they're both kind of coasting to the postseason at this point. So, um, but yeah, it's a it's been a great stretch of games, and and obviously, it's going to get real interesting once they get to LA. Yeah, and I mean, this Colorado series, um, I just remember, I remember when the Rockies came to Atlanta. I remember it seemed like that was in June, maybe. Uh, you know, just looking at that roster up and down, and you're just thinking, you know, it's just not the lineup that you expect for a team that plays its home games at, at Coors Field. And, I mean, they, I think they started five rookies maybe in the game before this series started. Braves beat them 14-4 to four Monday night. But, man, the first thing I wanted to ask you about, I, you know, it's it was pretty wild. I mean, the, the subject on the field or the results on the field was pretty wild. But the situation with Ronald Acuna Jr. in the seventh inning, I mean, I just don't think we can we can quite ignore that. But, I mean – All's well that ends well, you know, but that that could have been a really scary thing. You know, I'm not sure exactly how uh, two fans got out there. Well, the second fan kind of got there as security got there. But, I mean, Ronald ends up on the ground after this. I don't think, you know, there was any ill ill intent there. But, man, what if there had been? I mean, think about just how big of a story and how tragic that would have been, you know, if, if you know, if, if – if if the worst could have happened right there, you know, so I, I don't, I just don't understand how it got there. And I mean, when you look at it too, I mean, Ronald had four hits that night, hit his 29th home run and stole uh, two bases, 60 and 61. So, you know, man, that, what a, just, what a crazy series opener that was. Yeah, that was, that was an embarrassing moment for Colorado, honestly. I mean, that the on-field security they implemented for that game I mean, it looked like a rec league softball team like volunteered to be the on-field security. I mean, when those guys started running out, there was one dude, you know, he he was charging in there like a rhino. He had no brakes. He was just running full speed at Ronald. And, you know, he was trying to get the guy off of him. But, I mean, the security almost made it worse. I mean, Ronald ended up tripping over a, one security guard who's, whose plan of attack was apparently to go for the guy's, like, ankles. And that's what he did. And then a third or the second guy came in and got all the way to Ronald before anybody stopped. Like it was just embarrassing. Honestly, it's an embarrassing friend that the Rockies are just such an embarrassing franchise from top to bottom. But, you know, I wouldn't expect anything different in terms of security. But, yeah, if those guys had had malicious intent, like if they had knives or or something, then, yeah, that I mean, this would have been a, a tragedy of all tragedies. It, it really could have been because security did absolutely nothing to stop it. So I'm imagine the Braves. um put in a phone call to the Rockies very quickly after this happened and, and asked them in a very stern way to increase their security or improve their security to at least, you know, baseline levels of competence. Um, but yeah, what a, what a weird, I've never seen that. I mean, I, I remember, I guess it was a while ago now, I think like the first base coach for the rain, the, or, yeah. the Royals. Yeah, yeah. Got attacked by a couple mm-hmm. of like, crazy fans but to get all the way out to right field um without anybody getting there first is just wild i was thinking like if that happened in truest like if this was in the home park and you run after ronald you're getting speared i mean yeah 
best case scenario, you're getting speared. Worst case, you might get shot. I mean, no joke. I mean, you're talking about the franchise player. And, yeah, it's, it was just wild. And I've, I've never seen anything like it. And thank God it ended, you know, peacefully. And everybody could have a laugh about it because, like you said, that, that could have been much, much worse. Yeah, I mean, it was just when you were watching it, you were like, uh, you know, look at these guys. I mean, what are they doing? You know, and, and Ronald's reaction, I thought was I think that was telling, you know, Ronald didn't really look scared or anything to it. I don't know what the guys were saying. It looked like the first guy wanted to take a selfie with him, you know, or whatever. And I'm sure they were uh, slightly impaired as they ran out there. I haven't haven't actually heard the details but you know you think about it after the fact and you just think about you know i remember when i was growing up when uh you know t- tennis uh, i don't remember what tournament you know monica sellis got stabbed you know and that's that's what that's the first thing that crossed my mind and i thought man you know just how terrible could that have been you know it's you take i guess you know you take that security for granted you see them out there uh they're probably not expecting people to jump out of the stands and run on the, on the field but you know that's something i hope we don't see anymore ever honestly you know just it's just uh you know it could have been it could have been really bad but you know ronald um seemed like ronald kind of been in a little not i won't call it a slump or anything but you know he was just kind of coasting along but he's got six hits in this series he just missed his 30th home run last night and in fact I've, i don't know how many fly balls the braves have had it seems like just right to the wall in this series you know and 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 just haven't I don't know what the what the deal is with Coors. You know, you expect those balls to end up in the stands. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the 30th homer tonight. And it, when he does, he's going to be the first player in Major League history with 30 homers and 60 stolen bases. Yeah, we talked a lot about 40-40 before the season. But I don't think I could have even – if you had asked me if he stole 60 bases this season, I'd have, I'd have told you he's probably going to come up short of that mark. So, you know, I've been it's been a it's been a heck of a season to watch him. Yeah, and it's you know, it it has seemed like he's been in a little bit of slump. I think it's mostly because Mookie Betts has just gone bananas and nuclear and and anything except for exceptional, you know, next to it, it's going to seem like a slump. But yeah, Ronald's. I mean, you know, August Ronald's got like a one sixty WRC plus for the month of August. I mean, he hasn't slowed down. Um, you know, Mookie's just kind of went nuclear and made that MVP race a lot more interesting. But yeah, you know, Ronald. 60 still 60 steel or 61 steals now 29 homers i thought i was shocked i was i'm with you last night i thought that ball was way out i thought that thing was in the trees the way he hit it he hit it like 107 or 108 miles an hour like a 34 degree launch angle like normally in coors that thing is way way gone and there was a couple of those last night riley hit one mm-hmm. i think azuna hit one there was i don't i don't know what was going on the ball just wasn't really carrying last night the, the rockies had some too actually against morton but mm-hmm. um yeah, it was a weird night last night for offense because normally a lot of those balls are out. But yeah, it's been an amazing year for him, and you know he's either going to be MVP or MVP runner-up. I think we're we're kind of that point where we can say he's definitely going to finish in the top two. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been incredible, and he's still got an outside shot at forty forty. Uh, you know he's going to have to get really hot with the home run ball, and you know I tweeted this out at one point, but he leads the league in barreled outs this year. And I don't yep. think people I don't think people realize that about how how unlucky he's gotten on a lot of his really high quality contact. Um, you know, he could easily have another five or six homers just with some better barreled luck. So, um, but yeah, he's still got an outside shot at it. But even even if it's like thirty five, right? If it's thirty five seventy or whatever it is, still never been done before. Still an all time all time season. So 
yeah, it's been amazing to watch. And he's really, you know, aside from a couple of tiny little like five or six game uh, little dips, like he hasn't really slumped all season. Like he's it's it's been consistent from day one. And that's maybe the most impressive part, honestly. And so, yeah, amazing year. And I, I hope he can finish strong and and take Mookie out for the MVP. But it's going to be tough to do. I mean, yeah, and talking about the uh, records, you know, he's still got to reach. I mean, Otis Nixon's 72 stolen bases. You know, that's the that's the Atlanta, the modern-day record. And then Dale Murphy, I believe, uh, 131 runs scored. I think Acuna's at 119. Again, that's the modern-day record. You know, so I mean, he should he should rewrite a lot of record books this year. But we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, MVP race before we get out of here tonight. Uh, uh, Tuesday night, the one three to one low scoring game. You know, and as we just mentioned, the ball really wasn't carrying as crazy as that sounds at court, when you play a game at Coors Field. But Charlie Morton, you know, he continued. He's continued this great run. Um, you know, and it's it, it's followed right after you know just a rough stretch for him where he wasn't striking guys out, he was walking guys, and was getting hit, you know, pretty hard. But the last four starts, 24 innings pitch, 12 hits, one run, 11 walks, 33 strikeouts. Now, you have to note that seven of those walks came in one game. Uh, it was against the Mets. He, he threw five scoreless innings, was in trouble from the start. But since that start, he has been, you know, he has been locked in. Now, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm interested to see what happens because I think, there's two Mets starts in there. There's a Yankee start, and then there was a Rocky start, although it was at Coors Field. You know, he's going to get a test this weekend when we sees the Dodgers. But, man, it, you know, the stuff is still there. The fastball velocity is still there. That curveball is just wicked. When he's on, man, you know, he could be a really dangerous pitcher in October. You know, and I think he just continues to show that. I mean, he's not quite as consistent, but you also have to remember he's 39 years old, you know, and he's got a ton of innings on there. Uh, but I think he's looking again like he could be a big, big-time pitcher for them in the postseason. Yeah, it's all – I mean, it's all about the – it's all about the command for him. And, you know, it's been a very weird season for his command. Like, he just has games like last night where he's just dotting every single pitch exactly where he wants it. And then he has those games where he just he doesn't have his any command where he can't he can't throw his fastball where he wants he can't throw his curveball where he wants and you know he's just got to kind of gut it out for five innings or so and that's what it comes down for him to comes down to for him and it's you know it's weird to talk about that with a guy who's got as much experience as he does but you know even older players struggle with their mechanics maybe even more so you know as you get older body doesn't quite move the same way you don't have the same athleticism it's tough to get all your mechanics exactly the way you want them. And, you know, on days where you're feeling sore, or you're, you know, you're not quite as loose as you were the, the day before. It's, it's actually very easy to get your mechanics a little out of whack and get your release point out of whack. And, you know, I think that's a little bit of what he's been fighting this year, but when he's on, I mean, he's, I mean, you think about it, he's going to be the number three starter in the playoffs for the Braves. And, you know, when you're talking about what, you know, when he's pitching the way he can, that's as good a number three as, as there is in baseball because he can light he can shut down a lineup for six or seven innings pretty easily, you know when he's dotting that curveball where he wants it. So it's been huge, you know it's just been massive for him to bounce back. He had that kind of dip in in July and in early August, and he's come back with a fury and it's been awesome to see. And yeah, that was a super impressive game in Coors Field last night. Um, and so yeah, it, it's if he can continue that level of pitching. I mean, it's just a whole nother level 
for this Braves and, and especially their run prevention as we get into October. Yeah, I just think, you know, he's always he's the most insightful postgame interview that that I've seen on this team, really. And I mean, if you want to get down into the nitty gritty of pitching, you know, he will he will discuss it. And, you know, he throws so many pitches. If he doesn't have the command of one, he'll 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 move. To, he'll tell to plan B. You know, and and but it was a it was that during that stretch, you know, he was just really he was really searching for it. And I think the big thing with him is, I mean, when you see him having games where he only strikes out two guys or three guys, you know, something's something's off. You know, because he he gets swings and, and misses. I mean, that curveball has got a forty one point three percent whiff rate according to Baseball Savant. So. You know, it's he's still nasty, and I mean, you just forget how old he is. And uh, uh, you know, we'll talk about it in the off season, but if he's got a twenty million dollar option for next year. I've kind of been waiting to see if he would get the the Darno extension if they went one year. And I think really it's just because Charlie's probably trying to decide if he wants to come back next year and pitch a pitch again. You know, he he kind of talked about it uh on the last homestand, you know, he just needs to talk to his family and, and kind of figure out, you know, where he's at and everything. But um, you know, he could he could be he could be a huge, uh, huge asset for this team uh during the postseason, especially if he continues to pitch this way. Uh, another guy that's been an asset and you wrote about him this week, so if you missed that, please go to the site. But uh Rizel Iglesias, you know, there was a bump in the road, you know, he started the year on the um on the IL. He's he, he He's had a couple of games where he entered in tie games that I think it got hicked up. You know, he had a hiccup here or there, but in his last 15 games, you know, he hasn't allowed a run. 22 strikeouts and three walks. If you want to go back uh, a little further, uh, last 22 games, he's allowed two runs in 22 innings pitch, 29 strikeouts, just five walks. And he's, you know, he's locked down the ninth. And I, I mean, and it seems like lately, you know, it's it's he's not putting the one or two runners on base you know he's just kind of he's just kind of going through it and that change up is a huge huge reason why which is what you talk, uh wrote about this week yeah he's been i mean in the second half rossio iglesias has a, a 1.00 era and a 1.1 fit so like he has been absurd i mean the best one of the best pitchers in baseball for probably about two months now and it's all about that changeup. That changeup is just unbelievably nasty. It doesn't get the same kind of press that kind of other elite changeups do, you know, Devin Williams and and the sort, but it is that level of pitch. And when he is commanding it and he can put it anywhere, and that's why I wrote the piece because he will throw it to lefties, he will throw it to righties, he will throw it in an 0-2 count, he will throw it in a 2-0 count. He does not care. He has ultimate confidence in that pitch. It is the ultimate weapon against, you know, opposite-handed hitters, and that's that's kind of always been the case with changeups for for pretty much every pitcher. You know, that's the best pitch that you can throw against opposite-handed hitters, because it's usually the only pitch in your arsenal that that moves away from from opposite-handed hitters. And he has perfected kind of that down and away changeup to lefties, and that down and in changeup to righties, and and he's just been it's been an incredible weapon for him. And when you can throw ninety-seven, and he can, and you can throw a hard slider, which he can. And then you could throw a changeup like that. I mean, he's a he's a reliever with three high high level pitches, and you know there's a ton of relievers in baseball that that kind of have to get it done with two pitches, and he's got three really good ones. And that changeup is just the it is the ultimate weapon for him. And 
he's been a monster for about two months now and, and you know it's really turned the back end of the Braves bullpen into you know I, I don't want to I don't want to go full like night shift level I don't know if we're there yet and you know, that I'm not sure they've quite earned that moniker but you know with him with mentor with Pierce Johnson the way he's pitched Joe Jimenez the way he's pitched you know if they get Dylan Lee back if they get um, Nick Anderson back I mean this, this the back end of this bullpen can be ridiculous and he's a big part of it. And it's been awesome to see. And he has just been lights out for, for the better part of uh, two months now. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of Dylan Lee, we didn't, I didn't put this on the rundown today, but you know, a couple of injury updates there. I think Lee is pitching for Gwinnett tonight. Um, there was a long layoff there. I think you, you pointed that out on Slack. I'm not really sure what was up with that. Uh, I know he had a couple of, uh, rough outings uh in the last week or so or during that last homestand um and i think justin toscano uh, said that he uh he threw a a side session over the weekend but i'm guessing he's going to be the guy that's added um when rosters expand friday i mean we'll see maybe they wait till they get back home but uh you know that's that's my guess is he's going to be back sooner or later uh kyle wright's making another rehab start tonight too um and i was at rome i mean it was pretty impressive. He three innings, uh, up and down quick. Uh, through I only threw three balls the whole night. Uh, but you know how free and easy he looked, and and that was the thing that he really talked about after the after the after his appearance. You know, he was just talking about how smooth his delivery felt, and and he said, you know, he really didn't feel that way uh, when the season started. Uh, you know, you could he could still feel it. So I think you know as long as he's feeling good, you know, he's on the, he's on track to get back now. I think you and I talked about this two weeks ago. You know, maybe, maybe he's not around for the division series because he's still building up. But you know, that could be a, he could be a possibility for the LCS if they can advance or whatever. But that's another, you know, that's another good weapon to get back. Um, Jesse Chavez, I think the reports were good. Um, uh, you know, they did say that there was a micro fracture in that in that um, in that shin, which is something that we kind of expected just because of how much trouble he was having uh, getting over that. I uh, expected him to go out on a rehab assignment, and there, I don't think there's been any updates. So maybe we'll hear something about him next week. Yeah, we talked – I mean, you and I talked about this last time we did one of these was that, you know, we had to very quickly hear the news that Kyle Wright was was out on an assignment because if he if he wasn't, then we were just going to run out of time. He just wasn't going to have time to build up. And so the fact that he's already out, he had a – like you said, you were there the night he had a, a really good start in Rome. He's already been transferred to Gwinnett where um, he's starting tonight. And, yeah, it's it's great to see. I mean, can you imagine getting Colorado – I mean, the best team in baseball, getting a guy who won 21 games last year? Uh, that's just absurd. And, you know, he would be a massive, massive help for the depth of the rotation. You know, it's probably not going to matter in the division series, like you said. But, you know, if they get past the division series and have to go up against L.A. or somebody where it's seven games and – maybe not quite as many off days and then, you know, the depth of your rotation matters a little bit more. And even if you could get him for three or four or five innings, you know, one game, that would just be huge. So it'd be massive. And yeah, with Dylan Lee, I actually, I reached out to somebody who's, who's close to the organization who, who would know. And he described it as just general soreness is why he took the kind of break that he took and they're not worried about it at all. And he's, he's kind of back to pitching. And so, um, the 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 general consensus was that he would be back up pretty soon after the um, after the rosters expand. Maybe I don't know if they'll do it the day the rosters expand because I'm guessing they're going to want him to pitch a couple of back-to-backs in Gwinnett. But 
I wouldn't be surprised if he came up, um, you know, after they got back from the road trip. So, yeah, just two huge weapons that if the Braves could get back in September and, you know, more importantly, October, then it, it would be massive. It would just be such a boost to that whole whole pitching staff. Just talking about right, um, I think people forget, but, you know, that division series last year was pretty much a disaster from day one, uh, from the start, you know, from if you were an Atlanta fan. But Kyle Wright's only starting that series, six innings, two hits, no runs, six strikeouts. You know, he was good. He was really good last year. And uh, uh, that would be a huge, a huge uh, addition if they could get him back. All right, well, let's, uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about this Dodgers series. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Now, coming up this weekend, it, I mean, it's probably the biggest. I mean, I mean it's the matchup of the uh, what I consider the two best teams in the major leagues uh, as far as as of right now, at least. You know, when you look at regular se- regular season records, I think the Dodgers are a little better, maybe Baltimore in the American League. But you know, it was weird because they've had a weird season because they've had all kinds of pitching injuries early on. You had to wonder, you know, are they gonna are they gonna win the division and i mean coming out of the all-star break they have just taken off and i mean they are running away with the west now they're 23 and 4 in august they're four games behind the braves in the standings which is significant because home field advantage you know in the postseason if you remember back to 2021 uh the braves had the home field advantage despite winning what the dodgers won 100 games 106 games that year and with a wild card and because the Braves won the East, they got to host. Um, they got to host uh, the home field advantage in the NLCS, and uh, I think they've changed that now. Uh, that rule probably because of that outcome. But I thought that would, you know that's huge. Uh, the Braves won both of those games at, at Truist Park and really put the Dodgers back on their on their heels. Uh, Los Angeles forty five and twenty one at home. Braves lost two of three at Truist Park back in May. Freddie Freeman had an unbelievable series um, in, in that series. Uh, you know he was just so good. He's been so good all year. But this team's no slouch. I mean they've kind of solidified themselves. Um, you know they've got they've got their pitchers back. Walker Buehler may be coming back. It's kind of the same situation as Kyle Wright. But, you know, again, I just kind of penciled them in. It seems like, you know, if the Braves are going to go anywhere, uh, they're probably going to see the Dodgers in the NLCS. I mean, that's the way it's, ha- it's failed three of the last four years. You know, and if, if they want to get to the World Series, they got to go through L.A. Yep. I mean, that's just, you know, that's kind of been baseball for the last 10 years, right? If you want to do anything in of any consequence, then you got to go through L.A. to beat them. 
And, you know, I'm sure a lot of teams say the same thing about Atlanta. And those, you know, these are, I talked about a little bit on the Daily Hammer that I did for Sean, but, you know, these are not only the two best teams in baseball this year, but, you know, arguably the two healthiest organizations in the sport, you know, for the next five years or the past five years, you know, they're just, if you look at overall organizational health, you know, you got the Astros, you got the the Rays, um, maybe Baltimore or Texas, but, you know, you're hard pressed to get two teams in a better spot short-term and long-term than Atlanta and LA. And so it's kind of always come down to these two teams. I really, really hope that these two teams make it to the NLCS. I, it would just be such a fun series. I, I, you know, baseball is random. And, and last year, these were, you know, two of the best teams in baseball and neither one of them made it to the NLCS. And, you know, that's, that's the stuff that happens in the, pl- in the playoffs, but it would be so much fun if these two teams could, could find a way to get through the the DS and, and match up in the NLCS. Just, I mean, just as a pure baseball fan, that would be so much fun. But, yeah, it would be a fun series. I wish there was a little bit more on the line. You know, uh, obviously home field is still up for grabs. But, you know, both teams kind of have their divisions locked up. And, you know, that number one seed is is kind of all they're playing for. And it, it matters, of course. It, it does. It, it helped the Braves in 21 to have home field. And I'm sure both teams want it. But, you know, if both teams were fighting for their division still or, you know, if there was something a little bit more on the line, I think you would probably amp it up a little bit. But just the pure talent on the field will be amazing to watch. I mean, having Mookie and Acuna on the same field, you know, Freddie and Olsen have been awesome this year. So it'll be a lot of fun. And it looks like we're going to get a, some some pretty good pitching matchups. And, you know, the Braves got Strider in and Max lined up for one and two. And so, yeah, they're kind of putting their best foot forward. And and we'll see. They've had a good road trip so far. And, you know, honestly, if you can go into L.A. and, and win two, you know, if you can split that series, I think that's a success. Um, I don't think you can get too greedy out there. And yeah, it, but it'll be fun. It'll be, I always love playing the Dodgers. They're such a good team. It's, it's always a good benchmark. So it'll be a fun series. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here with the TV stuff here because, you know, I mean, all these games are on local, but I mean, if you've got Fox game of the week and you've got ESPN Sunday night baseball, how are these, has this series, not the, the, the games that are being featured uh, on that, you know, I'm sure that you have to decide a little early, but still, a month, month and a half ago, you could look at it and see that, you know, these are the two are going to be two of the best teams in the National League. How are they not, you know, how are they not on national TV this weekend? You know, I think that's the only detriment to it. It's going to have a playoff feel. Uh, but, you know, three of those games, I don't think, start to 10 after 10 o'clock on the East Coast. So, you know, I wonder. And it's also football, football kickoff weekend, too. So I wonder if it'll kind of slide, uh, slide through. But, uh, you know, it's it, it's going to be it's it's going to be a huge series. I mean, I you know there is something at stake with the um, with the uh, home field advantage, but again, at the end of the day, it's still a regular season. You know, I think it's a measuring stick a little bit. Um, but you know, the Braves or the Dodgers, and either one are going to base anything that happens in this series on uh, on what's going to happen in the postseason. You know, it, obviously, neither one of them wants to lose this series. But again, at the end of the day, it's not going to mean that much. You know, I think one thing too that's lost on this road trip a little bit is Braves have been able to manipulate their rotation. Uh, they've they've slid uh, Jared Schuster in. They've they've slid Darius Vines in tonight. It's given everybody extra rest, um, you know, which is I think is a good thing. But it also, like you said, it lined up their four best guys for this series against the Dodgers. Pitching matchups are Spencer Strider, Lance Lynn, Max Freed, uh, Julio Urias on Friday. 
Uh, Saturday's Bryce Elder versus t- TBA. Uh, I talked to Eric Steven about this. Dodgers uh, runs the Dodgers site for SB Nation, and he he seems to think that that might be a uh, a bullpen game. Uh, Bobby Miller will start Sunday uh, opposite of Charlie Morton. Miller could have gone Saturday, and that could have been Clayton Kershaw Sunday, is my uh, understanding, which would have been an epic matchup between you know two veteran pitchers. That would have been a lot of fun. But it looks like they're giving, uh, going to at least give Miller and, and Kershaw an extra day, and uh, maybe do a bullpen game that Saturday. So, you know, huge pitching matchups. I don't know which of these you know jumps out at me the most, but I mean Max Fried, Julio's Urias. That's going to be that's must see TV Friday night. Yeah. And I imagine the Dodgers probably weren't all that interested. You know, it's it's always tough to um, it's always tough to throw multiple left-handers against the Braves in a series. And obviously, with with Urias, with you know, if they had brought Kershaw back, is it Bobby? Is it Bobby Miller a lefty? Am I crazy? Uh, Bobby, I think he's righty. I think oh, he's righty. righty. Yeah, because yeah, because he made his he made his major league debut in that series in Atlanta. And if That's I right. remember, if I remember correct, he was pretty electric in that right. in that start. So, yeah. So I'm guessing bringing Kershaw back and his first lineup he faces is the Braves is probably not what they were. You know, it's probably not exactly what they wanted. So I'm not surprised they they pushed him back. But yeah, it'll be a fun series. Lance Lynn has been amazing since he you know he had a really it was at a. a you know, I, there's not really another way to say it. He was having a terrible year with the White Sox. He had an ERA in like the sixes, um, but he's been really, really good with the Dodgers. You know, the Dodgers are renowned for being able to fix guys like that, kind of like the Braves do. And it's one of the reasons the, you know, these two teams are where they are in the sport. But um, yeah, it'll be a really fun matchup. Both offenses have got some serious pop. Obviously, the Dodgers, everybody knows about Mookie and Freddie, but, you know, they still got Will Smith, they still got Max Muncy. Uh, James Altman has had a good year for them. Uh, Hayward is still there. So, you know, they've got some hitters. They can match you up lefty and righty. They're deep. Um, so it'll be a fun series. And I, obviously everybody knows about the Braves and their lineup. So um, two best teams in baseball, in my opinion. I know the I know technically the Orioles have a better record than the Dodgers, but I don't know anybody that would take the Orioles over the Dodgers, on a, you know, on the field. So I, I'm saying the two best teams in baseball and – you know, it's regular season baseball, so it needs to be kept in perspective, but it'll still be fun. It'll be a lot of fun to see these teams on the same field, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm really anxious to see that Lance Lynn matchup because me and Eric, Eric was talking about this today. You know, Lynn's had a hard time keeping the ball in the in the park. He's given up 34 home runs. Now, a lot of that was with the White Sox, but Eric pointed this out to me today, but he's allowed nine runs. Only seven of them were earned, and he's allowed six home runs. Uh, with the Dodgers. I mean, he's got a 203 ERA, but he's got a 4.69 FIP. Um, but, you know, if you like, if you give up homers, you know, I don't think the Braves are the team that you really want to, you really want to see, you know, as far as that goes. Now, you know, Lynn, Lynn's a big game pitcher, I guess. And, and um, you know, I expect him to be good, but I thought that was really peculiar, but, you know, the Dodgers really needed him to give innings. And I mean, he's done that. He's, he's logged more than five and all and four of his five starts. He's gone at least six innings. So, you know, that'll, that'll be something to watch too. You know, the pitcher that's given up the most home runs this season against the team that's hit the most. Um, so, you know, that'll be, that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, all right, I think we're going to we'll take another break and then we're going to come back and talk about this MVP race. 
What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. I tell you, if you'd asked me three months ago or two months ago, even I told you that Ronald Acuna was going to run away with this uh, this uh, MVP race, I kind of got annoyed a little bit because it felt like the hometown media was trying to put Freddie Freeman into it. And for, and by all accounts, Freddie's had an unbelievable season. He and Acuna's got this same exact uh, six and a half F four entering uh entering play Wednesday. But I just think, you know, I still think Acuna is the MVP, but you gotta pay attention to Mookie Betts now. I mean Mookie Betts has gone supernova over the last uh over the last month. And when you look at his numbers now, I mean he's got six twelve slugging percentage, hitting three fourteen, thirty six homers. That was what just really jumped out at me. I had no idea he had that many home runs till I was kind of looking at the Dodgers today. Um you know, I think this race is going to be interesting. And I think that's another thing about this series. You know, nobody's probably going to remember. I mean, if somebody gets swept, sure, uh, people will point back to it. But, you know, you're not going to win, remember who won or lost this series. But if Mookie Betts or, or Ronald Acuna Jr. just, you know, has a has a great series, man, it could springboard you towards the MVP award, I think. And, you know, I think Acuna was excellent early on. And he, you know, he's has it cooled off. He's been steady, but I think oftentimes, if you get hot late, that's fresh in voters' minds, and that's why I think Betts is actually, uh, you know, he's a, actually a threat here, uh, especially you know with the Dodgers turning their season around. Yeah, I mean, if you go, you know, and I, this is kind of maybe it's because I've listened to Brad for so long, but you know, the, the the usually the best place to start is the betting sites, right? Because they're the one that set the odds. Those guys don't typically get stuff wrong. They don't typically lose. They, they usually know what they're talking about. And so if you, you know, all season long, Acuna has been a, not just the favorite, but a massive favorite. Like, you know, uh, he's been far and away the only choice for National League MVP. And then over the last month, you know, Mookie has just gone, I mean, he's gone nuclear. I talked about this um, when I did the hammer, but, you know, Mookie has a 256 WRC plus in August. And we're at the end of August. I mean, we are on two days left in August. He's gone 30 days with a 256 WRC plus. That I mean, Ronald's got a 160 and he's he's lost by a hundred points. I mean, that's crazy. That's just the heater that Mookie's been on. And some of the numbers are unsustainable, of course. He's got like a you know, six hundred batting average on ball in play for the whole month. He's every everything he's hitting hard in the air is is leaving the ballpark. Um, you know, stuff like that will regress, but you know, when you're this close to the end of the season and the, the MVP race, you know, you're, you've, and Mookie's had a good year up until August, not like he was a slouch, you know, in June and July, but he just went nuclear in August. And he's, I mean, I really do think he's probably the favorite at this point, but you know, the favorite at the end of August is, is not worth much, quite honestly. I mean, there's just, you know, how quickly did Mookie change the narrative about this MVP race is how quickly Ronald could change it right back. You know, in two weeks, we could be talking about a completely different scenario and there's still four weeks or five weeks to go in the season. So 
you know, it's, it's, it's very premature. I don't know why it, it got all so much buzz this week. It, it really became like a national topic. And I guess because Mookie's just been so hot, but you know, there's just so much time left. I mean, you know, we're talking about 30 plus games still to play. And, um, you know, if Ronald has the kind of month that Mookie just had, then, you know, this is all moot anyway. So yeah, it's, it, it's been really fun. Um, I really can't stand most of the discourse around MVP talks because it's always trashing one player or the other. And I, I'm not going to spend any of my time trashing Mookie bets. And I would hope people don't spend any of their time trashing Ronald Acuna Jr. These are literally, I mean, other than Otani, probably the two best players in baseball. So, um, you know, I would much rather celebrate both of them and appreciate what they do. And I hope that's what we can do for the last four or five weeks, but I'm sure it won't be. Uh, but yeah, they're both great. And it is a race. I mean, Mookie, he just went nuclear and he made it a race and, and good for him. And and we'll see how it, it goes the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I mean, if it's if it's Acuna or Betts, I mean, Mookie at this point's got a seven and a half F four. I mean, he's got a full full run more than Acuna and Freeman right now. Um, you know, Freddie Freddie's hitting three thirty seven. Acuna's hitting three thirty five. Luis Arise is down to three fifty. Um, you know, I think the batting the batting uh, title might be in, in up for grabs, especially if he keeps regressing. I think, you know, and Matt Olson was in this conversation for a little bit too, and I think there was a, a thought that he might take, you know, some votes away from Acuna, and obviously, um, you know, he's I think he's in the longest stretch of the season where he without a homer. Um, you know, he's been it's been a while uh, since he's hit one. You you and I were thinking he might break that uh, franchise record by and, uh, Andrew Jones's franchise record by the end of the month. You know, the way he was going, and he's still st- uh, sitting on forty three. But I mean, he's not been bad either. I mean, he had three hit game not long ago. You know, he's still uh, he's still driving in runs. He's just not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, to, you know, with regularity that he was. And I mean, that honestly, that was unsustainable anyway. I mean, just how how crazy he was going, um, you know, through the end of July and the first part of August. But I mean, he's you know, he's still there in the mix. And if he gets hot and hits 50 home runs, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of buzz for him because there's still a lot of old school voters that are going to look at homers and RBIs. And, uh, you know, and that's why I, that's what really caught my eye about Mookie right here is because he's got those homers and he's got 94 RBIs. So he's going to go well over 100. And, you know, I know I think the 30-60 thing are, will help Acuna, especially if he gets to 70 and breaks the franchise record. I mean, you know, you watch Ronald every day. Um, you know, I mean, I couldn't vote for anybody else uh, just because, you know, I've watched him play every day. I think he's, you know, he's the one guy in this Braves lineup that they can't do without. But I'm sure there's a lot of Dodgers uh, supporters, fans, uh, riders that would say the same thing about Mookie Betts, and they're probably not wrong. You know, that's it's probably true. So I mean, you're looking at two of the most dynamic uh, pitchers. I mean, uh, hitters uh, and players in the in the in the game right now. So yeah, you just got to enjoy it. And I mean, however it, how it plays out. But I do think this series, you know, that is the one thing that a lot of people will probably be paying attention to is to see how these two guys perform against each other, because I think that could really springboard them towards the end. Yeah. You know, Mookie, Mookie is the better defender. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. I think pretty much every metric you use, even the eye test will tell you Mookie's the better defender. Um, Ronald's the better base runner. He's younger. He's more athletic. He can get around the bases faster. I mean, Mookie's got like, what, eight or ten stolen bases this year. Just doesn't move the same way he used to. Um, you know, so Ronald's got that. 
So it's going to come down to their offense. And, you know, Mookie's just been, and that's why I keep bringing up his WRC plus because, especially for August, because, you know, that's where this, this award's basically going to get decided on their offense. And, you know, if Mookie's entire lead in, in F4 was based on defensive metrics, then it, it would be different. Like if Ronald was just blowing him out of the water and all the offensive stuff and, and Mookie's only advantage was defensive stuff, then that would be very different. But that's not the case. I mean, Mookie's got more homers. He's got a higher OPS. I mean, he's been an unbel- he's on un- he's been an unbelievable. I mean, he's just been, you know, he's been Mookie Betts. He's been one of the best players in baseball and he has been for, you know, the last five or six years. So. Yeah, good for him. I mean, it's it's awesome to see, quite honestly. I love when great players play great baseball. I think it's the best thing for the sport. I love it when stars show out. You know, it's my favorite. You know, as much as people love Cinderella stories and kind of out of nowhere guys, I've always loved when the best players play the best baseball because it's just it makes the it makes it so much more fun when you watch stars just light the world on fire. And that's what both these guys have done all year. And I'm not going to bash either one of them. I'm not going to tell you either one of them doesn't deserve it because they both probably deserve it at this point. And whoever gets it, then I'll just tip my hat to. And obviously I'm a Braves fan, so I hope Ronald wins it. And, you know, but I'm not going to bash Mookie if he wins it because he's one of the best players in baseball. And, you know, he's going to have earned it and deserved it to, to, you know, to make up the ground he's made up. You know, Ronald was running away with this. And like you said, Ronald isn't slumping. Like he hasn't done anything to lose it. Mookie's just been red hot. And so if he wins it, then, you know, that's just a great player doing great things and you tip your hat, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun to see. And I just want these two teams to match up in October. If you, uh, you know, give me, just give me that. Just, I'll take any, you know, give Mookie the MVP if, if he deserves it, but just give me this, give me a seven game series with the Braves and Dodgers in October and I'll be, I'll be a happy camper. Yeah, I agree with you. And, um, you know, I think I'll be surprised if this isn't the top four in MVP voting. You know, three of these guys will be finalists. And then the, I will, I think the, whoever doesn't, doesn't make the top three will be the fourth guy. I don't just don't see anybody else sneaking into that, into that, uh, group. Um, you know, so, but still a month ago. I mean, you know, so that's going to be exciting down the stretch. I mean, we just touched on all the records that Ronald's got a chance of breaking. Uh, Freddie Freeman's got 50 doubles. I think Eric was telling me uh, nobody in the majors has had 60 doubles since like the uh, 19, uh, I can't remember if he said 30s or or 50s or, you know, it's been a long, long time. So, I mean, you know, just it's not the home run race this year, but, you know, there's a lot of records out there that could that could still fall and a lot of milestones could be reached. Um, But, yeah, I think it's going to be a great series. And, uh, you know, obviously we'll be watching closely. I think that's got it. That's that's it for us. But uh, do you have anything else you want to touch before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. I, the the last thing I would point about a, about this MVP race is you know there's going to be people that are wondering why Luis Arise isn't in the race because he's you know he's been the batting champion all year and he flirted with 400 and you know it's just another reminder that batting average by itself is is relatively useless as a stat and. You know, he's not a great defender. He doesn't hit for a ton of power. You know, he's got like a 125 WRC plus this year, which is solid, but like it's nothing out of this world. And, you know, these other guys are in the MVP race because they do a lot more than just hit for average. And, you know, I, I, anytime somebody flirts with 400, it seems like we have to have this conversation again. But, you know, batting average by itself is is pretty hollow. Like you have to have other stuff behind it. And like Mookie and Freddie and Ronald, they have on-base percentage, they have slugging percentage. 
you know, they, they have, you know, either base running or defense or something else propping up their, their profile. So, you know, it's just a good reminder that, you know, anytime somebody flirts with 400 and, 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 you know, I don't really know how serious this was a flirt with 400. He's been at 350 for a while. So he, he, he cratered pretty quick, but yeah, batting average by itself is not going to win you an MVP in modern baseball. Maybe it would in, in 1996, but it's not going to in, in 2023. So just keep that in mind. But yeah, other than that, I, I, I don't have anything. I, you know, the Braves and Dodgers are going to be a ton of fun. Um, I can't wait for it. Obviously we've got one more game tonight in Colorado, which is, I think just started, but um, yeah, Braves and Dodgers this weekend. And then back home for, uh, I, I can't remember who they play when they get back home, but um, Cardinals, I believe Cardinals, that's right. Yeah. Yep. And, and the Braves don't leave the Eastern time zone after they get back. Um, so they'll, they'll be able to stick around Atlanta or at least close to Atlanta for the rest of the season. So yeah, come, come and join us. Yeah, still uh, seven games left against the Phillies, uh, but this division race could be over really quick. Uh, you know, if things if things keep going like it is, but you know that's potential playoff preview. So there's still going to be some fun games over this last month, even if the even if the division race is kind of is kind of uh, already decided. So, uh, but we'll yeah we'll be back with you next week. Uh, just stay tuned to the side if you can't stay up too late. We'll have recaps and everything of these late games uh, and the, you know arguably one of the biggest series of the um, of the uh, regular season. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.